Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to Fortress of the Mind podcast. And it's been a few days since our last podcast, but I've gotten a few good email questions here over the past few days, and I wanted to take the opportunity to discuss these questions and to see what lessons we can get out of them. So let's turn to the first question here. This is from a young guy in Europe. Looks like he's a college student. And he starts out saying, hey, congratulations on your latest book. He says he hasn't uh, made the time yet to read it, but he's been working on his exams. uh, Looks like self-learning economics and languages. And um, he goes on to say, uh, basically, his, his, his first question comes down to what he calls the childification of men, or what I would call the infantilization of men. He says... Uh, Games like Pokemon Go highlights how most adults are content to live in a perpetual state of childhood. At 18, I found the appeal. Video games wore off. Now at 21, I would rather study languages, economics, or engage in activities that have much more practical use, such as carpentry. Bravo, bravo. Well done. Well said. He goes on to say, Is this extended childhood because of societal influence, technology, etc., or because most men have nothing worthy to pursue anymore? I am currently at a loss on how virtual accomplishments superseded real ones, especially when the effort placed on their virtual lives could easily transfer to significant progress in real life, which would be more beneficial. Well, that's a great question. And this guy is obviously a very, very mature guy for his age, for 21. Very, very well said. Uh, Very, very... uh, uh, well-put question. You know, I feel a little bit bad, too, because earlier in his email, he basically says, he mentions that, uh, he says, I was catching up on your podcasts and will try to refrain from being the, quote, constant question type. What he's referring to a couple podcasts ago, I ripped into some guy who was asking me some bullshit, insincere questions. And I I feel a little bit bad about that in the sense that I, I don't want, I don't want people to misinterpret or to misunderstand I would never criticize or or rip into anybody just for asking questions. What I was objecting to was insincere questions and questions where it's an obvious attempt to dodge doing work and an obvious attempt to get out of doing the work that you need to do to get done. So it's not it's not there's nothing wrong with asking multiple questions. There's no no problem with that. But just remember that I've got pretty sensitive bullshit detectors just from having met with clients for 16 years and practicing law for 16 <laughs> years you get it you you can you can pretty pretty easily size up who who the people are who are serious and who are the ones who are not serious anyway getting back to the whole question about infantilization of men great question and the answer is yes you're not imagining it it really is a phenomenon that's going on and this is something that's been going on for a long time society Modern society has a deep fear and a deep reservation about real masculinity, about real masculinity, about what real masculinity looks like and what form it takes, because modern society wants to corral everything, it wants to control everything, it wants to neuter and effeminize everything to make it palatable to the masses. Because real masculinity is not always pretty. It's not neat. It's not clean. It can't be 
compartmentalized. Sometimes it can't be controlled. Sometimes it's, it's brutal. Sometimes it's raging out of control. And whatever it is, it's the type of thing that the modern society, at least in the West, is frightened of. So you're not imagining that. And that's why there has been a concerted effort by the media and by the political elites over the past few decades to subjugate men, to subjugate them, to neuter them, to remove from them any of the powers that they used to have, and to turn them into compliant, neutered, uh, subjugated slaves, basically. And if you think that's an exaggeration, if you think that's an exaggeration, take a look at some old movies. Take a look, read books that were produced, say, in the 40s, 50s, 30s, 20s. Watch movies from those eras, and then watch movies and TV shows now, and you'll see the difference. You'll be shocked at the difference. Or talk to old people. Talk to people who, who were around back in the 40s and 50s or earlier, and you'll find out that the difference, the contrast is stark and cannot be escaped, cannot be avoided. So what this young guy is asking me is, is absolutely true. It's, it's, um, it's a combination of societal influence. It's a combination of, of technological influence. I think there is an argument to be made that technology, um, traditional masculinity was based on the values that were formed in society at the agrarian stage and the industrial stage of society. And those emphasize more patriarchal structures, uh, physical labor, that sort of thing. And now we've, we've, we're starting to move beyond maybe the industrial stage to maybe the post-industrial or the, or the uh, information-based society. And there are some forces who believe that traditional masculinity has no role. Uh, but they're wrong. I believe that they're wrong. I believe they're deeply wrong. And I believe that they're sowing the seeds for the destruction of the current order, which may take place at some point down the road. How soon or how far down the road, we don't know exactly. But the, the signs of decay are there. And it's not our imaginations. It really is happening. So, you know, regarding video games, you know, it's funny. I, I just saw, saw on Twitter today uh, that I think the uh, one of the one of these junk news outlets, I think it was BuzzFeed or something, put some article about some grown man who had found all of the Pokemon monsters, and I put some sarcastic tweet out there about what? Yeah, he's that's a real. I'm sure he'll go down in history as a really important person. But this is the mentality. These are the people that they're, that the media is exalting. These, these are the people that the media is praising. And you can see it. Look at the movies that you go to. You know, men are portrayed as, as, as idiots or as fools, buffoons. And in the television shows, it's the same thing. There's a deliberate attempt to get us to accept uh, feminized models of manhood and you know it's 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 there it's absolutely there and it's it's an ongoing um, it's an ongoing propaganda campaign and part of what we call today the manosphere rose in response to that rose up as a reaction to that and it's only going to get stronger it's only going to get more and more prevalent 
So that's why I think that you're going to see a big growth in the years ahead because a lot of men are marginalized now. They're angry. They're marginalized. They're not going to accept being marginalized. And you can't run a society where everybody is an up-talking, effeminate chicken shit because one of the rules of history is that weakness and effeminacy invites conquest from outside whether it comes in one form or another, when you lose touch with the masculine virtues, when you see the martial virtues corroded and decayed, and I'm reading right now, actually doing some translating too, with, of um, the Roman historian Sallust, um, great historian, and he spends the first part of, of his monograph uh, the conspiracy of Catiline talking about the degradation of morals in Rome and how that corrupted the virtue of the young men of that society. And, and, and this is a pattern that repeats itself in history. The lessons are lost and then society pays the price for it. So you're not imagining it. It's out there, it's happening, and it's not your imagination. But you can fight against it by doing all the things that I talk about in my books, by studying the example of the great men of the past, by keeping yourself in great shape, by learning languages, by traveling, by deliberately cultivating those masculine virtues that I talk about in my books. You know, and on duties, we talk about that in great detail. In great detail, we go into that in the commentary sections of the book, in the introduction, in the preface in the text itself. So when you go through that book, study it. And it's something you can leave on your bedside. You can nibble at it gradually over the year. It's going to take a long time, even though it's only about 250 pages. It's very dense. And you can literally open it at any page and find food for thought that'll keep you busy there for days, just in any paragraph. So take it slow. Next question he talks about is, this is kind of a, a good question, too. He says, what is the difference between uh, between a person progressing through setbacks but, he's yet, but, but has yet to achieve the desired result or compared with a, quote, loser? Basically, what he's asking is, you know, how, do, how can you tell the difference between someone who is just working his way through problems and someone who is a, a loser? He says, in both cases, they have yet to show any definite accomplishments, so how do they differ? And he says, for example, right now I am still a university student. I managed to make a lot from the stock market due to Brexit and also purchased property that is in the final stages of renovation, which can be sold for a profit or rented. Well, fantastic. Good work, man. But he says that as of right now, I still feel like a bit of a loser. It will take a little longer to achieve what I want as I will require to be educated a little bit longer. My parents are supportive my parents are supportive of the decision I have made even though I have the means to fully finance this endeavor myself. So then he goes on to talk about his properties and all this other stuff. But the bottom line is uh, I think what he's referring to in one of my previous podcasts I, I talked about we should try to emulate men who are men of substance, who are men of of real accomplishments, who, have, who would have a track record of proven accomplishments. And this young guy, who's only in his early 20s, 
he may have gotten a little bit nervous about hearing that because he says, oh my God, I, you know, I don't have anything. You know, how do I know that I'm not a loser? Well, first off, dude, relax. Please relax. In fact, I'm, the very fact that you would ask a question like this proves that you're not a loser, okay? Let's define what a loser is. And that loser is one of those American slang words that seems to have trickled out into the wider world. It's not so much someone who's lost at something, but because someone can someone can lose at something and not be a, a, a loser. As I see it, a loser is someone... We, we use the term loser as a way to describe someone who has a character or personality flaw that makes them somehow unfit to be in the company of normal people. Okay, I don't know if that's a perfect definition, but that, I think, tends to emphasize the gist of what we mean by the word loser. It's not really someone who's lost at something. Although a chronic pattern of losing could be an indication of some sort of character flaw. But when we say loser, what we really mean is it's someone who has some sort of intrinsic personality defect or some sort of character flaw or some sort of, of um, problem that makes them uh, not someone to be admired. All right? That's the best... That's the best I can come to in terms of a, a definition. And, you know, when you ask the question, how do I know if I'm just someone who's on his way to, who's just overcoming obstacles, or how do I know I'm a loser? Well, the answer is you're going to know, man. You're going to know. Don't worry about that, please. If you're only 21 and you're already doing, you're in university and you've got these things going on and you're asking questions and you're reading books and you're, you're, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Please relax. Don't get an ulcer over this chill out. Uh, you know, the answer is, how do you know? Well, the answer is, you know when you know, man. I mean, you just know when you see it. It's like the old definition of porn pornography. How do I know the difference between pornography and erotica or erotic literature? Well, you know it when you see it. If you were 50 years old and you were, let's say, uh, uh, an alcoholic bum living in a trailer somewhere and had, uh, you know, uh, you know, nothing going on of of, uh, of any importance. Then, yeah, I I think you could say that. Uh, you know, you might want to, you know, think that uh, the word loser might apply to you. But if you're just someone who's going through obstacles or overcoming problems, then that's just that that's just normal. Okay, and. It really comes down to attitude. It really comes down to, uh, are you trying? Are you trying to get on to bigger things, to better things? Are you trying to, um, uh, are you satisfied with the status quo? Or are you seeking to get something better? And that really is the is the difference. I mean, I my explanation here might not be as clear or as cogent or as bright line as you might like. But I don't think there really is a litmus test, a, a perfect litmus test of what someone is who is um, uh, who is a loser and someone who is just going through a hard time. I guess it just you can just sense it, you can just feel it. You know, if, if um, uh, a loser is someone who gives up on life, a loser is someone who doesn't care, who allows themselves to decay, to decline, 
and is satisfied in that state. But someone who's just going through a, a rough period or a rough patch is someone who's still in the game. Maybe that's a good definition. A loser has checked out. A loser has checked out of the game of life. And life is a game. Life is a game whether you want to admit it or not. A loser has checked out of the game. He's told the coach, I want to sit on the bench. I'm done. It's too much for me. I can't handle this. I'm done. You know, the more I think about it, I think I like that definition. A loser is someone who's given up on life. Whereas someone who is just struggling, who is trying to overcome obstacles, but may have run into a rough patch or may have, uh, you know, fallen on hard times. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, some of the greatest people have fallen on serious hard times. They've they've uh, gone to prison. They've had bankruptcies. They've had uh, catastrophic divorces. They've had uh, all types of personal disasters, you know, or a combination thereof. And they are people who have nevertheless managed to keep going and to keep fighting. And that's what matters. That's what I think really, really matters. So I hope that answers the question. And my last subject that I want to talk about is an unrelated question, but it's a question that I saw in an email from earlier this week that someone sent me. And it was kind of an odd question. A guy basically asked me, the gist of the question was, why do women hate male self-improvement? Why do women hate masculine self-improvement? You know, well, this is my answer to that. Well, first off, I don't know if I agree with the premise of that question. I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I don't, I don't think that there's a conspiracy out there among women per se that they want to keep you and make you turn you into a loser or a bum or keep you down. Okay. I think it's more accurate to say that women that you go out with, they don't know how to help you. Okay. You can't look to your girl or you can't look to your wife or you can't look to, to uh, women to provide you guidance on how to be a man. Okay. They don't know how to help you. They can't offer you meaningful advice on how to do that. And if you find that you're around women who are giving you bullshit, giving you snark, shit testing you, um, you know, messing with you or, or ridiculing you, it's probably, my experience it's been is, has been is that it's probably not so much because they're trying to keep you down or because they hate, they don't want you to, to improve. It's more the fact that they're shit testing you and they want to see what you're made of. See, women are always going to try to find out what you're made of. They're always going to want to probe. They're always going to want to test the boundaries but you can't look to them for guidance. They don't know how to be the leader. They expect you to do that. Okay, so don't mistake their female bullshit shit tests for oppression. Okay, there's nobody that's out there oppressing you. Because if you think that way, you're giving other people power over you that you shouldn't give. And that is something I don't agree with. That's something I don't like. I think it's very unhealthy. Now I will grant you there probably is there there probably exists a very small minority of people out there and it could be men or women who are just malicious and they just like to hate on people and they for whatever reason they may just take some sort of malicious glee in putting you down or putting other people down and if that's the case then it's got nothing to do with women or, or out to get you 
It's simply the fact they have a personality problem or a character flaw, and you should keep away from such people. Okay? If anybody ever criticizes you or tries to tear down your life goals or your mission or tries to detract or deflect you from your mission in life, you don't want to be around that person anyway. You don't want to have anything to do with that person. And that's my advice to you, is you should avoid those types of people. But I just wanted to say that because I think there's a perception out there that you know women are holding you down or holding you back or they hate male self-improvement. And I think that uh, that the very question that, that you're asking sets up a false premise. And that's the premise that that women have power over you to determine your fate. You decide your fate. You decide your destiny. Your destiny is in your hands. And don't look to women for help or guidance or advice on how to be a man. They don't want to deal with that. They expect you already to know that. Okay? And that's the way women are built. You can't fault them for that. That's the way they're constructed. That's the way their DNA works. You know, when you go out with a girl, she just wants to show up. She wants to look nice. She wants to have a good time. She wants you to do the heavy lifting. Okay? She expects you to already know how to do that. Okay? So stop whining about how women are out to get you. No one's out to get you. Okay? Don't go through don't have that mentality because it's very unhealthy and I think it becomes an excuse for taking action, which is what we're all about here at Fortress of the Mind, action. Having the right uh having the right view of the world in order to take action to become successful in the things that you want to do. This will conclude our podcast here at Fortress of the Mind. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. And if you have, I would ask that you go to iTunes, if you have iTunes, and rate me on iTunes so that other people can find this podcast. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.